You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Worshipping Jesus is such is such a privilege. Worshipping Him is such. It's just uh, you know. And, and uh, maybe we'll just remain standing and we'll just uh, read a passage of scripture that captures what we do and what we should do even more. Revelation chapter 5, I'll read from verse 1 and it says, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Said, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose its seals? And no one, no one in heaven, no one on the earth, no one under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much. Because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose the seven seals. Hallelujah. And I looked and behold, I think we can read together. And in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Hallelujah. These are the heavenly beings. They are falling down. So if we fall down, we haven't started. Praise the Lord. They fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us Kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Can we one more time just celebrate the one who alone is worthy, the one who alone is deserving? He's a champion of the host of heavens, he's king over all kings, he's governor over governors, he's God over gods. His name is Jesus. Lord, we worship you. Come and take your place. We are yours. We love to worship you. We are glad we belong to you. Indeed, only a God like you could be worthy of all our praise. We bow in adoration. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Welcome someone as you take your seat. Praise the Lord. Just welcome someone. Tell the person I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be where worshippers are. I'm glad to be where we are worshipping the Lamb. This is one business that will never end. 
you know that worshiping God will never, never end, ever. We'll keep worshiping for eternity and it will never get boring. Praise the Lord. Why? Because daily new dimensions, new manifestations will continue to see and we keep worshiping and he will keep manifesting. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, this morning, um, I have, I trust the Lord that there is something he wants to share with you. And I want us to go to the Lord in prayer and just ask the Lord, speak to me today in my own language. Lord, I need to hear from you. Help my heart to receive what your spirit brings for me and to me today. And help the preacher. Lord, help me also to be a vessel connected to the divine flow. So that that which heaven is saying will be what your people will hear. Lord, do it, O Lord, and let it please you to bring in all the accessories that come with your word. Let there be healing. Let there be deliverance. Let there be answers. Let there be illumination. In the name of Jesus. Most importantly, we say, let Jesus alone be lifted high. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Okay, today is a, a, a day of our communion, and it's one of those days that we really set aside to make sure that we are focusing on him, the one who alone is worthy. And just like we've read from Revelation chapter 5, we could see that when all is said and done, nothing else matters. The, the apostle John said, I wept much. There's one reason why men will weep terribly. Anyone without the Lord Jesus on his side will weep. But the good news is that Jesus is on every person's side. Amen. So it's only those who reject him. Hallelujah. And how many of us are on his side here? We are on his side, so we have no reason to weep. Tell your neighbor, you really have no business weeping. About the account where it says, the elder touched him and said, do not weep. This morning I come to say to somebody, do not what? Weep. Do not weep. You have the advocate, you have the mediator, you have the high priest of our salvation, the high priest of our profession. You have the intercessor. Jesus is in heaven now. You know what Jesus is doing in heaven now? He's making intercessions. Jesus has no need. The only desire he has is that you come into the place where he has already prepared for you. And somebody say, I will make it in Jesus' name. Praise God. So, so this morning we want to look at a text and a few texts and we just um, want to see him better and know him better and draw closer to him and avail ourselves of all that he is to us, even in this season that our nation and the world is passing through. Come with me to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12 is a very familiar passage we've looked at over and over. And we'll look at that this morning again from verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month every man shall take. For himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, 
a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation shall kill it at twilight. I want you quickly to take notice of something here. Take note of something here. Every household takes their lamb, but when it comes to killing, they said you shall kill it. It didn't say you shall kill them. Why? Because all that saying is symbolic. It's pointing to the lamb of God. Praise the Lord. The individual lambs really had nothing in them. It was a picture to point to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay? So it says, now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation shall kill it. Kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. It says, and then they shall eat it on that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread, with bitter herbs that shall eat it. Verse 9 says, do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Verse 13, and we may stop there. It says, Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood... I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. We are aware here what, you know, the Lord was setting up here. The nation of Israel had been under bondage. They had been slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years, and this was the hour of their deliverance. The Lord had wrought miracles and miracles and miracles. And some of the miracles that the Lord wrought, even the magicians of Egypt repeated them. Which meant that God did not keep for himself the exclusive right of working miracles. Praise the Lord. It is something important that we need to catch as children of God in the times that we live in. One of the things that the deceiver will do in the last days is that he's going to operate in lying signs and wonders. You also are aware that a lot of people go to the devil, go to native doctors... To receive power to stand and claim that they are working miracles by God. We are also even aware that some are not even claiming it's by God. They are saying it's by the devil. And also working miracles. It's important we comprehend these things because God has put them in his word. If we never saw in the word of God where those opposing God worked miracles, then we should be surprised if we see those who are not for God now work miracles. But it is recorded so that we know. Praise the Lord. We also know of Bad Simon uh, Badges, uh, who was also walking signs and wonders. But what the Bible will make you know is that anytime the true light 
stand side by side with the false light, it's being darkness will be apparent. Praise the Lord. So our business is to occupy ourselves with knowing the true light. Praise the Lord. We've said it here that when men are being trained to handle money and to be able to detect the fake currency, they don't expose them to the fake currency. They expose them so well to the genuine so that at any touch of that which is not genuine, they immediately pick it up. Why? Because the fake currency can have one million versions. You know, something that is not true, falsehood is unlimited, but truth is limited. Praise the Lord. So if I say two plus two, what's the answer? Four is the answer, right? Four is the correct answer. Do you know the number of wrong answers we can get? is infinity. You can say three is wrong. You can say 3.5 is wrong. You can say 4.1 is wrong. You can say five is wrong. You can even say 50,000 is wrong. So wrong has no limit. But truth is what? Limited. That's why the Bible says the road that leads to life is what? Is narrow. It's straight. There will be few that find it. But the wrong road, so many people, you know, can go on it. So we, we see here that God was establishing something. And at this miracle, he said, this one, after this one, Pharaoh must let your people go. In fact, you and I know that after this particular miracle, Pharaoh didn't just let them go. They drove them out and they did send forth for them. They equipped them with, you know, all the things they needed and said, just begin to go. Now, I want us to pick something from this account and then we'll go to the New Testament and see one or two things. Verse 13 says, Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will do what? I will pass over you. That Passover is not that the Lord will cross them. That Passover means that the Lord will stand in front. You know, it sounds a bit confusing, but it is some of this Bible language. So it means that when I see the blood, I'm going to stand by the blood. Anywhere I see the blood, I will stand. And wherever I stand, the plague cannot come in. Praise the Lord. The messenger of darkness cannot go through the blood. Praise the Lord. So it's set here. So we see, but we go back again and we see what happens here. When they killed this uh, lamb, they were told to take some of the blood and apply on the lintel and on the doorpost. And then they were to do something with the other parts of it. What were they to do? They were to eat it. Okay. But notice that in the eating, some interesting things there. You know, some interesting things in the first place. They said you must eat all of it. That is talking about who Christ is. You see, there's a lot of shortchanging that we are shortchanging ourselves as Christians. We don't take the full benefit of all that Jesus is. Praise the Lord. He is the Lamb of God. But we, we find ourselves from time to time, some persons taking a bit here, taking a bit here, taking a bit here. But they were told here, eat all of it. And then they were not just going to eat all of it. You, you wonder at some of these instructions. They were told not to boil it. Have you wondered why they were told not to boil it? Boiling is one of the most common ways we do handle meat, isn't it? They were told not to boil it. You know why they wouldn't boil it? Because when you boil meat, you lose some part of the nutrients. You lose some part of the sweetness. But when you roast it, you maintain everything that it comes. The only thing that goes out is water. Praise the Lord. But when you boil, you lose a bit of it. So they say, don't boil. Because what is here, you should get all of it. Somebody say, I will get all that Christ is in my life. I will lose nothing in the name of Jesus. And then they were told to eat everything. They said, eat the head. Okay? Our people have a saying that there is no gain in the head of fish. 
But they say this head, you eat it. Abby, there are some parts of Christ that you're not interested in. There are some parts of Christ that if I opened and started preaching now, you say you wish you didn't come to church today. But he said, eat the head. Abby, then it gets better. I say, eat the body. That's the one we like. The flesh. But it gets even a bit more serious. He say, eat the entrails. The entrails means, is it the brocot or what's, the, what's that one called? The intestines. He say, eat all of it. There is none of it you should throw away. So, as you have come to Christ, I'm saying to you, every part of Christ is for you. Praise the Lord. Every part of Christ you ought to eat. You must eat and consume. The ones you like and the ones you don't like. Okay? Why? Because they are all in the package. You know, in the New Testament, we are taught the parable of the field. The man who saw a field, and what did he do? He went and sold all that he had and purchased the entire field. It was the treasure he wanted. But what did he buy? He bought the field. It's the same way. When we come to Christ, we surrender. That's why he becomes Lord. He's not an associate. Praise the Lord. He's not a partner. He's Lord. And when he's Lord, he can say to you, we saw James. James was beheaded, you know, killed. And we saw John lasting till the book of Revelation. When he's Lord, he calls the shot. And whatever portion you get, you embrace it and run. Praise the Lord, somebody. Why? Because we eat all of it. They said to them, eat everything. If any remains still money, you have to destroy it. Because this Christ, and that money is talking about actually our rapture. You finish it. The only provision that does not allow you to finish is if the end comes. So every day we leave, what are we doing? We are consuming, we are eating, we are partaking, we are working, in, we are growing. We are, uh, we are assimilating all that Christ is. Somebody say, I want to grow in him today in the name of Jesus. I want to grow in him. Okay? The next thing we see there, very important, which, you know, we take and then we move, is that this, we're told, I hope it's there, <laughs> okay? The blood, they were not to eat the blood. What were they to In fact, the blood was the first thing they'll deal with. The first thing they'll deal with was they take the blood and do it. And put on the lintel. And put on the doorpost. Why? Because now if they didn't put the blood on the lintel or the doorpost. And they were busy eating and enjoying this food. You know what will happen? They will die full. They will not experience the deliverance. And that's the beginning of my message. As you and I have come to Christ. And today we are coming to behold him. One of the things we know is that Christ is a miracle worker. Praise the Lord. Christ is a healer. How many of us have experienced divine healing here? Divine healing is our portion. Praise the Lord. You know why? He provided for it. It's part of the things in his body. Say, with his stripes, we were healed. Okay? The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Now, Jesus is a healer. But there are physicians that also heal. But we know that ultimately all healing comes from who? From God. But a lot of people who are not even going to God get healing. So when we say Jesus heals, it is not the totality of his office. Is someone with me? Jesus is a provider. He provided with five loaves and two fish. He fed a multitude. So Jesus can take whatever situation you are in and make more than enough what you think is not enough. You know why? He's the multiplier. He's the source of all. He's the bread of life. Praise the Lord. But also we know that King Ahasuerus hosted a party for six months. 
And in that party, they were not drinking uh, Zobo. They were not drinking uh, Fanta. They were drinking choices of wine and eating them for six months. It meant that there was no war going on. That is like the, a, a, a country. A country, you know, I, I, I don't know how to put it now, but our external reserves has been depleting since this government came in. And, you know, but it's like a country having so much money that for six months they'll just be spending. They're not exporting. They're not producing. Many countries cannot survive it. But you see, this king was so rich that he invited people all over and was consuming and was still rich enough. Now, what am I trying to say? Men can provide. Men can have abundance. In fact, the Bible says under the reign of King Solomon, he said gold was like silver. Silver was like... Um, Shiva was like iron. Okay? Now, that is how men can be. Jesus is the greatest of them all. Praise the Lord. Jesus is also a friend. Okay? We saw how he was faithful, you know, to those who trusted in him, showed himself. But from time to time also, you have friends. What was the friend of, um, the friend of Davison? The one that was lost in after the sister. Yes, Amnon was lost in after the sister. But he didn't know what to do. Amnon had a friend. That type of friend, may you not have that type of friend at all. Those are the friends from, the, from hell, from the pit of that. They can give you counsel on how to do anything. So there are friends all over. But Jesus is the friend that what? That brings life to you. He's the friend that intercedes for you. He's the friend that lays down his life. Not takes his down. I told you it's an experience I had when I was a very young boy. I don't know how I still remember it. I think I must have been about seven years or eight, not more than eight years then. I was playing with my friend in his house. And this friend threw a Boris. You remember Boris? How many of us know what Boris? I think he's actually bearing. But we call it Boris. Threw it and shattered his, the windows of his house. The father came in and said, who did that? You know, simply I was expecting we was in daylight. This my friend pointed to me. <laughs> And you know when your son says it's another person that did something? Okay. He pointed to me. It was from then I started knowing that friends can be very dangerous. You know? Whereas the ideal thing is that even if I were the one who did it, because it's his house, he should take the blame. That is what Jesus does. That is why he lays down his life for his friends. The opposite is what men do. So no friend like Jesus. So Jesus is all of that. Praise the Lord. But what I want us to get this morning is that the best thing about Jesus is what the Bible tells us. John chapter 1 verse 6 and 8. John 1, 6 and 8 tells us there's a man sent from God whose name was John. Okay. He said, this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. Okay. He said he was not that light, but was sent. So John the Baptist's job was to tell us who Christ was. Notice, John the Baptist didn't tell us Jesus was a miracle worker. He didn't tell us Jesus was a healer. He didn't tell us Jesus was anything. What did he say? He said, behold, what? The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. Uh, you can go down to verse 29. He said, this one you see, nobody like him. He, this is the Lamb, not a Lamb. He said, behold what? The Lamb of God who takes away, not the sins, the sin. 
anything, the root of it, the manifestation of it, which is sickness and poverty and the rest of it. Everything that sin brought. He said, this Jesus does what? He takes it away. He said, behold him. And he didn't say, that is it. He said, behold. That word behold is not to cast a, a casual glance. That's why his disciples who were faithful to him, after they heard him, you know what they did? They left John. Why? Because if I'm beholding something, then I cannot be left behind. I always, what? Keep following. Praise the Lord. That's how I started beholding my wife and I up to today. I'm still following her. Yes, I saw her one morning going to work and from that morning in 1994. So when you're beholding, when you're beholding, you follow. The disciples of John did what? They left John. Why? Because he had said to them what? Behold, he said, you know, uh, one of the things, uh, uh, behold me, he said to observe. Remember they followed him and said, where are you staying? They wanted to know more. You can't behold and be far from him. They, behold means to witness. So they were saying, we want to witness this. Behold means to feast your eyes on. So he said to them, behold the Lamb of God. This is the one. Now every Jew understood what the Lamb was. Because in their, in their Jewish religion, every year, the high priest had to, after making a sacrifice for himself, now take a particular sacrifice on behalf of the whole nation. And enter into the Holy of Holies. Which if that sacrifice is not accepted. Or if something goes wrong at all in that transaction. They would have to use a chain to pull out the high priest. So when they said this is the Lamb of God. They understood that he was saying to them. This is your salvation. This is your deliverance. This is your lifting. This is your hope. This is your life. Everything that there is. He said this is it. And no wonder. John and the rest of them turned and began to follow Jesus. So the witness that was sent from heaven said to us that Jesus is what? The Lamb of God who does what? Who takes away the sins of the world. Let's see what Peter said of him. Peter in Matthew 16, we know when uh, from verse 13, our Lord Jesus said, Who do men say that I am? And they were saying different things. Men say you're this, men say you're that. Then Jesus said to the disciples, who do you say that I am? It was then that Peter gave the answer and said what? You are the Christ, the Messiah, the sent one. There is an office Jesus occupies that has no duplicate. That is what I want us to turn our eyes to. There is a place where he is where there is no second. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that as we follow him and as we worship him and as, as we look upon him, we can, we can grant to ourselves or grant to him, I don't know which one, the right of exclusivity for who he is. Why? Because in the time that we're in, a lot of things are becoming as though they are equal to. But they are not. There is none found in heaven, on earth, or what? Beneath the earth. Who was what? Worthy to open the scroll. So Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son. God has adopted us. We are redeemed. We have all now been what? Adopted into the family. We are children of God. But he is the only begotten of the father on a class by himself praise the lord even the jews now now in matthew 6 26 matthew 26 you may put from verse 57 but where i want to go to 663 
When the Jews and the scribes and the elders and the high priests, all of them together, they wanted to finish Jesus. They didn't want to finish Jesus because he was healing. They didn't want to finish Jesus because he was uh, feeding the multitude. They didn't want to feed Jesus because, you know, he was uh, working miracles. They thought this man has come to upturn everything we believed in. This man had a wrong concept and revelation of God. And this person has come. You know, Jesus is God come down. So every time Jesus stood, he judged them. He told them they had to repent and be converted and be as little children. Now, you can imagine. Imagine if some primary school boy, okay, let's not say primary school boy. Some fresher from the university attends law school. And then from law school, he begins to make announcements. And, you know, at the, the day they call him to buy, he stands up in the middle of the conference hall with a loud voice and announces to all the uh, SANs and judges and everybody there. He said, behold, the law in Nigeria has come. All of you have to come and understudy me. What do you think they're going to do? They will throw their wigs away, you know, remove their ties and show him that before they became learned, they were unlearned. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That was what Jesus, you see, Jesus was, was obtaining everything these people knew. He will come and say, you have heard it said, but now I say, you have heard it said. What he was saying wasn't off of the chart. They knew that there was sense in it. So they resisted him so much. Now when they wanted to nail him and, you know, crucify him and do all of that to him. What was their question? They just wanted him to say, I am not the Messiah. So in verse 63, you can, thank you. He said, and the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the son of God. That was what their problem was. They could leave him walking miracles. They could leave him healing. They didn't mind. But that you are the God sent one, which means you are the way, you are the truth and what? You are the life. No one can come. All of us now have to realign under you. Is that what you're saying, Jesus? Is that what you're saying, you man? And as the moment he said, this is it, you saw that they went, you know, they went berserk. They couldn't control themselves again. Why? Because that is the office Jesus occupies that no other person wants you to know except the Father. The Father wants you to know that Jesus is what? The Christ. You know why? Because in knowing him, you have life. In following him, you find life. In trusting him, you have life. Any other thing will not save you. Jesus, a lot of people Jesus healed did, were not saved. A lot of people Jesus fed did not become disciples. A lot of people that enjoyed his miracles did. A lot of people who even listened to his teaching. Remember the account of the rich young ruler. Okay? The rich young ruler had observed Jesus. Had followed, you know, his lifestyle and his ministry. And came to the conclusion that this man is something different. Praise the Lord. And when he came to him, what did he say to him? He said, good teacher. Good teacher. He said, what must I do to what? To inherit the kingdom of God. And our Lord Jesus answered him, you know, played along because he had been listening to his teachings. So he said to him, okay, you know the commandments. Okay. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not, you know, covet thy neighbors. Thou shalt not do this. Go and do them, man. You know. And the man said, of course. I mean, he, uh, I've done all of that. You know, all, all from, even from childhood. 
Okay, before I knew left from right. Whereas David told us that in sin did mother conceive him. But this one, they conceived him in righteousness. Anyway, so he said all of that. Jesus knowing that neither the keeping of the commandments or that was life. Now brought him to where he needed him to be. He said to him what? He said, go sell all that you have, give to the poor, and come and do what? Follow me. I believe we've dealt with that here already. Jesus was not against the man having riches. And Jesus is not against any of you having riches. Somebody say amen. No, he's not. He's not against you having anything that the God that made the heavens and earth has provided. Everything in this world, you know God created them. The devil didn't create anything. Okay, so every good thing. Say he gives us what? Richly all things to enjoy. So God has no problem with that. However, where the problem is, which was the issue with this man, was that Jesus saw that man and loved him. And Jesus wanted him to love him in return. Okay? However, we have been taught that no man can what? Serve two masters. You can't love two at the same time. So this man had a problem. He had love for his wealth. He had love for his money. That's why Jesus said, divorce that wife. Are you getting what I'm saying? Divorce that one. Divorce yourself of the love for wealth. Your attachment to wealth. Divorce yourself of the cares and concern of your wealth. And then come and have me. Are you getting it? That was what happened. And the Bible says the man heard Jesus clear. He heard him clear and what? Loud and clear. Thank you. He heard him loud and clear. He didn't say, I don't understand what you're saying. But the man said, money in hand is what Jesus I'm following. He said, I'm not selling. He turned and went away what? Sorrowful. We learned that joy what? Is in his presence. Any step out of his presence, you are sorrowful. That's why drink is selling. That's why alcohol is selling. That's why drugs are selling. That's why champagne is selling. That's why stout is selling. You know why? Because a lot are out of his presence. And the surprise should be those of you that have his presence. Why are you still taking stout? Why are you taking alcoholic beverages? Some people argue with the pastor. He said, but there is nowhere in the Bible. No, the Bible is square. The Bible is not meant to capture you. The Bible is meant to lead you. You know, leading is not, never by compulsion. So, you see, even arguing about it, I don't even do. When people start argument, once it gets to an argument, I don't argue. But what I know is that the Bible has placed for us a mathematical equation that says the volume of God you have is inversely proportional to the volume of wine you have. He said, do not be what? Drunk with wine. So if you're 5% drunk with wine, you're losing 5% of God. 5% of 10,000 is small money. What's that? Mathematics, 5% of 10,000. 500 naira. 500 is small money. But you see, when we are talking about 5% of God, who is not 5% of 10,000, 5% of God, 5% of 1 trillion is what? You're talking of about 500 billion. So anything that will make you lose even 0.01% of God, you don't want to lose it. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? No, you don't want to lose it. So anyway, this man stepped out of the presence of Jesus and the Bible says he went away sorrowful. Why? Because he left the source of joy. Joy is in his presence at his presence what? In his presence, fullness, fullness of joy at his right hand, pleasures are bound forevermore. Anyway, so Jesus said all of that to do what? To say to him, follow me. 
follow me. John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God. He was pointing everybody, turning. You know why John himself did not turn and start following Jesus? Because his assignment was to go pointing. If you follow Jesus, who will point the other people? Are you getting it? So he was going around preaching. And when people, in fact, do you know that at that time, John the Baptist's ministry was more spectacular. However, he was doing it. He walked no signs or miracles. But people were leaving the city and going into the wilderness to hear him. Then when they finish coming to hear him, you tell them, let me tell you people something. You know all these things you've heard, you're wild. But there is somebody amongst you. There is somebody in the city. Whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to what? To untie. He said, go and find him. That was his ministry. To point people to the Lamb of God. Now those who were successfully pointed to him. You know what they did? When they got him, they said to him. They didn't say to Jesus. Which is, you know, um, an important part of the sermon today. When they got to Jesus. John and his friends. When they got to Jesus. They didn't tell Jesus. My, my, my landlord is about to throw me out. Do you understand? They didn't say to Jesus, Jesus, ah, this is Nigeria. This is happening. Solve this problem for me. You know what they said to Jesus? They said, where are you staying? You know why? If you stay with him, landlord problem, he will solve. Nigeria problem, he will solve. Ghana problem, he will solve. Husband problem, he will solve. Peking problem, if you stay with him, you know, Oh, oh no, I pray someone is getting what the Lord is saying to us today. He, they, they said to him, Master, where are you staying? Even transportation problem. You remember when they needed to travel? and they, they, you know, Even a, a turbulence problem. All of that, if you stay with him, that is where we Christians should change ourselves. Because in the account that we saw at Exodus... Remember, every other thing they did was inside the house. The eating was inside the house. The dieting and all of that was inside the house. What was outside? What was outside was the blood on the lintel. And you know what? That was the one difference between them and the Egyptians. If that blood was not there, some Egyptian houses might have been eating cow that night. Israelites were eating lamb. Abby? Some Egypt, you can imagine what Pharaoh's house had for that night. But no matter what they had, it did not save their first sons. Because it was only the blood. What am I trying to say? If you don't know the value of the blood, you will not give attention to it. You will focus on eating the entrails or the body or whatever. But when the destroyer comes, both the Bible says the belly for food and food for the belly, my God shall what? Destroy both it. That's what is happening to a lot of Christians. A lot of destruction is going on because people are feeding and they have scriptures to support it. Oh no, this is what it's my portion. This is what he did for me. He did that for you, but that is not the essence. The most important thing in that story was that the blood had to be on the lintel. Every other thing is an accessory to the fact. Praise the Lord, somebody. And nobody gets the main and loses the others. But you can get the others and lose the main. That's how come, if you go and read that story, when the Bible says Jesus chose 12 disciples, when they mention Judas, this is what the Bible said. I, I, I don't want to, you know, quote the wrong one. But it said you can say, it said Judas who also betrayed him. Judas was not chosen to betray him. 
The problem was that Judas came to Jesus with a mentality to eat the body. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? He came because this man that has this power, he can solve me a lot of problems. And when he got in, he contested for the office of treasurer. Praise the Lord. You wonder how come he got it? He was intentional. They teach us when you come have a vision and set what? Uh, uh, vision and uh, uh, vision. Vision and mission. And then you now break it down. Okay? So you check your sword, strength, weakness, opportunity. Judas planned the whole thing. Say, these are fishermen. That's this one. And he positioned himself to be in that place in the ministry where he'll be getting the very thing he wanted. And he got it for three and a half years. The only problem was that after he got it, he didn't get Jesus. That will not be anybody's portion. But that is what happens when we come to him. Not putting the blood first. Not putting the blood first. Do you know that the disciples never had any other profession apart from Paul who for the purpose of his testimony said I labor with my own hands. The rest of them, that's why Paul was saying, he said don't I have a right to lead about a sister. They became honorables. Why? Because the workman is what? Worthy of his wages. Jesus is faithful. Nobody can set his heart and his hands on Jesus' work and suffer. It's not possible. Jesus is not Nigeria Railway. Neither is he Nigerian police. Neither is he Nigerian what? I think the only thing here that might look like near to what he is might be. Who are those NMPC? NMPC. Who is working at a place where, you know, he's not, no, no, nothing like that. He pays. Praise the Lord. The only difference is that he does not pay in advance. He's a rewarder. And when you work for Jesus, remember, Lord help us. Remember the God you and I come to is the God who introduced his son Job to the devil. And say, have you considered? Some of us are in church today. You're asking questions. Why am I going through what I'm going through? God heard your prayer. God saw your determination to honor him. So he called the devil and said, devil, you say there is no righteous person in Nigeria. You say that I don't have people. You say all, all, all the Christians in Nigeria are fooling around. He said, come, 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 come. Go to Lokogoma. Go to Pape. Go to Soso Play. Go to that office. See that brother, see that sister. And the devil came and looked at you and said, eh. And then he begins to tune his oven. And then you're saying, Lord, why? Lord, why? No, it's not Lord, why? You are being refined. Job taught us. Job said, after he has what? Tested me. What will happen? He said, I will come forth as gold. You see, gold on precious metal does not destroy it. It purifies it. Trials on the righteous don't destroy them. It perfects them. Somebody say amen. I get him what I'm saying. So when you know God, you comprehend this thing, all this thing. So God is not there shaking. God is not running around trying to pacify you so that you don't be discouraged. No. That's why he says the Joshua word, live by faith. When you come to him, you must believe that he is. Means he did. Thank you very much. He is there. He said, stand fast, immovable, unshakable. I get what I'm saying. It says, don't worry. These things, your brethren all over are going through it. Isn't that what the Bible, haven't you read that? It said, but after you have what? Suffered a while. It says, your God will do what? 
he will come and perfect you. He will come and establish you. He will come and what? Strengthen you. And what will he do? He will set you. But it is after. Anybody that is doing before is not him. It's after. So Jesus said, follow. Okay. He said to the man, come and follow me. Why? Because you follow him. Everything falls in place. The lamb that was slain, he said, put the blood stay inside i will handle whatever that is going on outside and if you now come to see let me put this whole thing together in genesis genesis chapter 9 genesis chapter 9 from verse um, we can do from verse 1 you know some of these passages we need to just you know get acquainted with them from time to time genesis chapter 9 it's is uh, called the uh, noahic covenant by some you know people from verse 1 says, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth and on every bed of the earth and all that move on the earth and, all, and on all the fish of the sea that are given into your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. But four, let's read four together. He said, But you shall not eat flesh. With its life. That is what? Its blood. Let's read on. Five and six. It says, surely for your life blood, I will demand a reckoning. From the hand of every beast I required. And from the hand of man. From the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. God is establishing something here. He said, blood, I transact in blood. Blood is one thing that happens that is on earth that counts in heaven. You see, the the command and instruction, I hope none of us here eat blood. I know that there is this one that people do congealed and, you know, do, they call it ngongo or whatever. Okay? You know, you see, God, this is before the law. He says you must not eat blood. He said the life of the flesh is in the blood. God was saying there is something about blood that not just, not just that you don't eat it. I take note of it. Praise the Lord. I take, so even animals, you're not permitted to eat an animal strangled. Why? Because the blood would not have been allowed to run back into the earth. Are you getting it? And then he said for man, anybody that sheds man's blood, he's going to come and explain to me, you know why? The blood originally, you know, when God formed man, what did the Bible say? God formed man out of what? The dust of the earth. Does dust carry liquid? So the blood in man originally proceeded from God. So the Bible says we will give account if somebody sheds man's blood. That's why I know judgment is going to come upon the wicked in this nation. Because the blood, this blood, it was a mama dame that said this blood you people are sharing. There is God. This blood they're sharing, there is God, and he will arise in the name of Jesus. You know, he said, blood, he said, I take it personal. Look at it there. He says, first of all, you shall not eat flesh with this blood, that, you know, with this life. That is his blood. He says, surely for your life blood, I will demand a reckoning. Somebody say, Amen. For all the blood of the innocent that is being shed in this nation, the Lord our God will demand a reckoning in the name of Jesus. He said here, even from beast, even from the wild beast, they will explain to me why they didn't see goat to eat. 
While he was a human being, they ate or they killed. It shall require from the hand of every man. Six says, whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made. So the, the, the Lord was laying a pattern here. Trying to say that I, I value blood. And then the Bible begins to tell us that every covenant is what? Is sealed or ratified with blood. What we'll do today by going to the notary public to register a, a transaction and then it becomes fully what? Backed by law. When blood is shed, heaven says, I witnessed it. I will get in it. So when the Bible told the Jews, take this blood and put it on the lintel, he was saying to them, in heaven, I'm going to see what you did and then intervene on your behalf. Today, when we go to the table of communion and we partake of that blood, brethren, let your faith rise up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let your faith rise up. Let your faith go deep. You know, some persons have mastered and, you know, they tell some people, they, they, they need to go to your village and they need to go somewhere, you know, and undo something that your great grandfather did. That, it depends. That maybe if they're using whiskey and gin to do it. But when you apply the blood, it goes deeper than the deepest earth. It goes higher than the highest heaven. It speaks everywhere. Somebody get what I'm saying? When you apply the blood by faith, heaven recognizes it and say this blood and then when you now begin to get to the blood of the one we are talking about praise the lord you begin to understand that this blood is not just ordinary what blood is not just any type of blood in hebrews uh, 12 hebrews 12 verse 24 talking about a bit of comparison can you put the amplified for me please it talks about the blood of jesus the blood of sprinkling this is what it says it says unto jesus the mediator of a new covenant uniting God and man and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of mercy a better and nobler and more gracious message than the blood of Abel which did what? which cried out for vengeance so every blood is speaking praise the Lord every blood is speaking but the blood of our Savior our Lord and Savior Jesus what does he say? he's saying this one life He's saying this one, deliverance. He's saying this one, I have spoken for them. Anyone that puts their trust in the blood and surrenders to the provision of that blood is delivered. Praise the Lord. It's sealed. That's what he's saying. Because the blood is recognized. There's another one I want us to see. Hebrews 9. Let's, let's open to go back a bit to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 uh, from verse, verse 17. Okay, from 18, let's do 18. It says, therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the Lord, he took the blood of cows and goats with water, scarlet wool, and he saw and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded. Then likewise, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. Now, 22 says, and according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is what? There is no remission of sins. That is why our Lord Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. So that when we come, we are reminded again that we are not just hoping on air. Praise the Lord. What, was it early this year that we looked at? We have a faith that has foundations. We, we have a faith that is solid. It's like you carrying in your pocket the CFO of a Maitama property. Do you understand? 
You're not, it's not ordinary paper. It is paper, but it's not what? It's not ordinary paper. When we come to the table of communion, we are coming to a transaction that heaven takes note of. When we come by faith, we're involving ourselves in something that God has sworn that even that of the wicked human being, I will ask questions. Not to talk of the blood, the sinless blood of Jesus. And you know why that blood is so powerful? Because the blood was not to be shed. The Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death. Now, the one who knew no sin, if he was killed, you know what has happened? Death, Jugo. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Death has entered trouble. Why? It has taken what it has to pay back. Everything negative that that blood was never to experience. That's why his stripes did what? Healed us. Why? He was not meant to be striped. That's why the chastisement brought her peace. You know why? He was not meant to be chastised. That's why everything he suffered became a credit. Why? It was never to be put on him. It was something that has to be reversed. So when you come by faith, what you do is that you claim from that account everything that should be reversed. Is there somebody here in need of divine intervention? Then you can come by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ and say because of the payment he made which he didn't need to pay or otherwise he can say because of the deposit he made because he laid it down and went and said to us whatever you ask the father in my stead is somebody get what i'm saying so we we are not joking when we we are not just uh, having hope it's not just empty we are secured we are covered we are provided for the terms of the contract put your name there it says whosoever comes to me i will by no means what cast i will not send them back i will not tell them ah your problem is too much ah you're such a sinner i can't save you no the vilest and the chiefest of sinner, one of them was giving us an example in the Bible, who was Saul of Tarsus. He says, I, who was what, the chief of sinner, he said, this mercy, this grace was granted to me that I might become an example. So nobody can stay and say, well, well, I, I would have come to Jesus, but uh, what I have done. There is nothing that you have done that when they put it side by side with what they are owing Jesus' blood, you will not have much more. Let's bow down our heads. Father, we thank you. This morning, I've just come to tell you to behold the lamb. Behold the lamb. Behold the lamb. The Bible in Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, please, you can put it for us on the screen. Hebrews 12, verse 2, verse 2. You can give me message first. Message translation. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Then you can now change it to, to amplify. Amplify, say, looking away from every other thing. Today, I, I, I want you to come Having come to church today, I want you to leave from this church, looking away from all others, looking away from every other thing, looking away from Fulani headsmen, looking away from bandits, looking away from this wicked, terrible government, looking away from the, you know, the things that are happening around us, looking away from the, infirm, the, the symptoms, the pain that you came to church, from the, the prognosis that the doctor, looking away from every other situation. Focus. Your eyes on Jesus, the Lamb, the Lamb, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. That night, every house that put it on its lintel and on its doorpost, it didn't matter how weak the door was. It didn't matter how sickly 
the residents of the house were. It didn't matter what it said was there can be no death in this house. Why? The blood has spoken for them. Today, I want you to raise your faith. And remind yourself that that same Jesus is the one who has brought this word to you. John said to us that the elder said, do not weep anymore. Today, I say, do not weep anymore. Why? Because the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God has taken, he has reason to take that scroll and break his seal. The Lamb of God now is speaking for you. The Lamb of God now is saying, I turn things around. I make all things new. The Lamb of God is saying, your story can change today. The Lamb of God is saying to somebody here, he said the power and control of sin is broken off of you. Listen, anybody who is listening to me here, who continues to live in sin has made a choice. You know why? Because the power of sin over you has been broken by that lamb. You're under some habit, under some situation. I am telling you that by the blood of Jesus, it has been doubted. Is there somebody here carrying a hurt? If you take that hurt and go home, you have bought it with your own blood. Because the blood of Jesus here has come and satisfied every righteous requirement. He said you are set free. You are delivered. No matter how painful, no matter how difficult it is. As you are listening to this voice now. God is saying to you, I have made provision. I have brought peace. That amplified in the extended version talks about grace. The blood that came with grace. The blood that speaks mercy. That's the um, amplified version of that Hebrews. It says, I have brought all. I'm not speaking condemnation. I'm not speaking vengeance. This is the hour. That's why the Bible says today. It's the day of what? Salvation. Why? Because the blood is still calling men. The blood is still inviting men. The blood is still saying, have you heard what the Lord has done? Have you heard? Have you seen that the devil has been defeated? Can you see that the hell has no hold on you? Have you seen? Have you taken note? Today, God is saying to you, behold the lamb. Take the blood. Let it work for you. Let it bring peace. Let it heal hearts. Let it answer questions. Let it shut out judgment. Somebody's feeling, well, I deserve a bit of what I'm going. That's that's until you get to the cross. Because when you get to the cross, the judgment, our Lord Jesus, like a good friend that he is, lays himself in the stead and says, I take it all upon me. Will you roll it to him? This morning, quickly, before we go to the communion, I want to make a call for somebody. Maybe it's just you. You're here today and you've never really surrendered to the blood. You have never really said to yourself, I put this blood over my life. I put it over my family. I put it over everything that concerns me. I run into the safety of the blood, the blood of Jesus, the lamb of God for who he is, everything. You may have come to him and he has helped you here or there. He has done a few things there. But he wants to be all of that and more. He wants to be life. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. He said, I'm the bread of life. He said, I'm the living water. He wants to be everything to you. Is there somebody who is saying, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want to surrender my life. I need that blood. 
Something is going on in my mind. Jesus, come and cleanse me. I want you to raise your hand if you're saying that. There's a burden I'm carrying. I want you to raise your hand so I can pray with you. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I, I, need, I need deliverance. I need help. I'm fighting a war. I can't handle it. The Lord Jesus is here. He sets the captives free. He wants to set you free. Anybody here? So we can pray the prayer. And ask Jesus. And apply the blood over you. And have that blood lifted up. Lifted over you. Lifted over your life. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Father we thank you. Father we thank you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online.org. God bless you.